welcome everybody to another episode of Weird Growth, the podcast where we listen to founders tell their strange and unpredictable stories about uh, how they grow their startups. And um, today we're very lucky to have Mr. James Salt of Constructive Software with us. Thank you, Cam. One of the quiet achievers of the Perth startup or Australian startup scene really and seeing some really significant um, progress over the past six months, which is really exciting. Thank you for joining us, mate. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. I mean, yeah, quite achiever. Whether whether I think I've achieved, that's yeah. that's probably a question. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you can leave to others to judge. And I mean, full disclosure, um, ammo marketing. We do work with um, with you guys, mm. but I think yours is a story of really identifying an important need in the marketplace and just being super laser focused on building out something which people love. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to hear from you. How would you describe um, what Constructive does and what you do? Uh, I suppose uh, Constructive, we, um, we're software as a service for residential builders, but uh, quite specifically, we're about the client's user interface of building. Like, um, we, we all know there's a problem with customer experience with house builders. It's mm. like a really big purchase and, and there's a lot of angst around that. Uh, and I suppose Constructive was about tackling that and kind of trying to up the customer experience that clients have, get a bit more positive sentiment and build out tools to enable that. Yep. Um, and that's that's very much our mantra. That's what we're after. Yep. And I suppose we just, we build certain tools to enable that. The biggest one obviously being uh, pre-start selections or, or material selections for builders. Yeah. The, the biggest problem space. Yeah. I'll ask you a little bit more about what all that means in a, in yep. a little bit, because um, it, it is a little bit of a technical field. But the thing yep. is, here in Western Australia, it's actually quite a common experience for people to build a new house. In Perth, we've got these sort of expansive suburban... Yeah, massive greenfield kind yeah. of fill out. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, probably, you know, it's pretty common at one point or another, or, you know, another time in their life, people are going to build a house from scratch. Hmm. And it's so common to hear these nightmare stories of trying to deal with builders or trying to figure out what's actually going on, yep. delays... Uh, and so that's something that you that sounds like you've set out to, to yeah, solve. That's that's our thing that we're we're trying to at attack. I mm. mean, you look on product review and you look at the, the kind of what people are saying. It's always about uh, understanding the process, understanding what they're going to get for their money, and that that's definitely what Constructive's trying to solve yep. for the industry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose coming back to the original question, being laser focused and being very specific to an industry and very specific problem gives us scope to really attack that and hopefully make a difference to it. Yeah, and do a wonderful job of oh. it. So what is it that, so your clients are the builders themselves? Yes. The, the people yep. who build the houses, yep. and then they provide your software as a service to their to whoever's building their, the house with them, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's B to B to yep. C, yeah. rather strangely. Sure. Um, so our product is used by the end clients, but um, the actual benefit, the main benefit, I suppose, is both the builder and the person building the house. Yeah. The, the so, what is it for in in it for the builder to to um, go and seek out this sort of third party software to then send on to their clients? So, a, a builder doesn't seek out to confuse and and befuddle people. Yeah. They they want educated clients. They want the clients to understand what they do because it's a complex thing. Yeah. And if they can get the client to understand what they do. That's half the battle with actually getting a good outcome for the client. Yeah. So the builder wants us um, to help them educate the client as to what what they're going to get, what they're going to choose, right? Um, so it is really 
the, the builder wants the same thing as the client. Sure. It's not as adversarial. It's as like lining up the incentives there. And yeah. it's like what they say, you know, 90% of all problems stem from communication. Yeah. And so if you've got this really nice, clear sort of line of communication where the customer doesn't feel like they need to be on the phone every day to the builder going, hey, what's going on? When is my roof going on or whatever? Then it kind of solves a lot of that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It takes away that, that translation issue and, yeah. and the worry, right? Yeah. Um, and the biggest element of that is the material like what, what they're actually kind of get in their build, which is that part that construction does, uh, so, constructive does. So when you say material, what sort like of things? Like taps, sinks, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, right. right. And that's, that's the biggest biggest kind of thing, and that's that's what constructive tries to tackle. Because when you think about it from, you know, if I, imagining if I was to be building a house, you, you are focused on the very tangible things, like what's my kitchen going to look like and what kind of doors am I going to have mm. on the cupboards and what's the tap going to be? Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of nice, almost emotional angle for building it. You're visualizing what it's actually going to feel and yeah. look like when you're living in it. And I suppose that's precisely what constructors trying to deliver to the client. Right? Mm. It's trying to uh, give them that visualization of what they're actually choosing. Yep. And in some aspects, actually visualizing that on 3D in terms of what they're going to get yep. um, to enable the builder to give that service to the client to, the client, to get that sense of uh, surety yeah and kind of i know what i'm getting so like how big is the problem is how many houses are built uh, for so example, yeah problem in space year? in australia uh you've got about one hundred sixty-six thousand homes built per year wow um of which about a hundred hundred two thousand are single dwellings mm-hmm. and then the rest are kind of multi-unit dwellings like apartments those kind of things mm-hmm. um and that's just australia um uh, strangely enough, UK, even though it's triple the population, same number of houses built. No way. Um, yeah, just uh, a lot, a lot more, more established. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not as much growth as Australia. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, Canada, same number as uh, as Australia. Uh, USA, two million houses built per year. Holy so, moly. so there's a lot of uh, a lot of building going on there, and a lot of blue sky for constructive potentially. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of scope there. Um, yeah. Just got to get there, make it market market fit for each of those industries. Uh, geographies yeah sure no fair enough and so in terms of um you know where constructive is at the moment and compared to what you could be sort of like what's the what's the goal there or what's the differential for you um uh where it could be i yeah. suppose uh, we are in australia at the moment so where it could be is international sure. um in terms of goal um like beginning of this year we were looking at like trying to get a third of the market share in Australia, which is nuts, right? That is massive, yeah. Uh, trying to achieve that is, is quite mental. Yeah, so you might um, have been 30,000, 40,000 houses if yeah. you hit that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, about 33,000. Um, uh, and that was the goal. Um, this this last year has been quite nuts, so getting quite close to that already. Yeah. Um, uh, and I suppose taking that um, and probably trying to go further in market share, although I think that's probably unachievable, mm-hmm. um, and then replicate that in additional markets. Yeah. Once you start getting to that sort of percentage, you know, it's almost like you're a uh, you're a market leader or the default, and people are like, why don't why don't I have constructive on my build? Well, I mean... Maybe. Uh, marketing, right? So yeah. um, you're out there. It's a very small industry. People move from place to place. Actually, mm-hmm. word of mouth is, is massive. So mm-hmm. someone leaves one builder, goes to another builder going, why the hell aren't you using this? Yeah. Um, and that that's a, a big lead generator. Um, yeah. And certainly you get to a point where you kind of go, oh, you haven't heard about us. Why not? And, and that's a weird place to be. Not yeah. something we're used to. We're used to being small and, and kind of trying to get our word out. And yeah. suddenly something, 
people are starting to come to us, which is which is cool. That's where you want to be, and that is a sign that you actually built a product which people love or people you know feel the need to have, and they they're missing out if they don't have it. Yeah, well, hopefully it solves that problem, right? Mm. That's the problem I tried to uh, define at the beginning. Yeah, if, if we solve that problem, we're doing it well. Yep, and we're doing it for the right reasons. Then. Yep. Yeah. We, we might try and show some imagery of what constructive looks like when, as, from a user's point of view in, um, in the YouTube. But cool. um, essentially, from, from my point of view, it creates this cool 3D sort of rendering of a house. Yep. And you can experiment by putting on different materials yeah. and you can visualize what it's going to look like. Yeah. But then beyond that, when you're in the construction phase, so that's the sort of sales selections phase, right? When you're choosing what bits and pieces yeah, go on. Yeah, before into you house. start construction, yeah. And then when it. When you're into construction, you, you sort of help through the process of yeah, so the steps and things. What's going, going on? Yeah. What information do you need? Yeah. Um, uh, even down to photos and video walkthroughs of the house. So during COVID, that was a really popular thing. Supervisors right. were wandering around the house doing video walkthroughs because they couldn't go there themselves. Amazing. And so kind of just trying to get that information out to the client, not hiding it behind a locked door. Yeah. So when you build a house, it's like a large time when it's locked. And I mean, the obvious question is how much do you think COVID has contributed to the sort of increased pace of your of your growth? Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, two different angles on that. So yeah. um, number one, obviously, anyone that's in the tech, tech kind of industry, it's just kind of pushed people that direction that the barriers that were there before COVID hit yep. suddenly disappeared as people just went we need to get stuff done we need to enable all of that it really accelerated got, it, hasn't yeah it? absolutely yeah. those those six to eight weeks really um, just cleared a lot of barriers everyone we were talking to just turned around and went yeah we need it done yesterday unbelievable um, and then on the flip side of that through stimulus yep you've got the whole government sitting behind the house building industry trying to trying to put a rocket out on, under it which then goes right all these builders are just trying to deal with the volume they've got yeah and they're trying oh, to look no. at solutions for it unbelievable so yes undoubtedly yeah um it's probably accelerated that time yeah frame massively um it has been amazing how um intense but random the effects of COVID has been on such a diverse like d diverse groups of or, or different industries you know who would have predicted that it was COVID that would have um you know, like home order gym equipment sold out within a week, and they yep. just couldn't get it get gym equipment out to people's homes because all the gyms had shut down. Um, but pubs and hotels and hospo and everything else absolutely overnight died. Yeah. So it was just so random; you couldn't have predicted it. No, I mean we've got uh, we've got nothing in the modern age that would be anywhere close to what's happened, right? So we've got nothing to base it off. The, mm. the most recent we've got is 1918, which mm. is yeah, it's nowhere near the same. Um, yeah, so when you first sort of identified this as a uh, as something that, that was a need in the marketplace? Strangely enough, when I was about 16 in the UK. Is that right? Uh, so my family are house builders. Yeah. Um, ah, so uh, the process in the UK is very similar. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, <laughs> so what happened was uh, they, uh, they wrote down what kitchen, what colours, what carpet, and made the choices, they call it, in the UK. Yep. Uh, hand that to the builder builder goes and builds it and finishes a, a, a house the client never goes and sees it while they're building it um hand it over give the key to the client client walks in and goes that's the wrong kitchen holy right. moly yeah so like a 10 grand kitchen 10 sterling uh, yep. gets ripped out chucked back in and there you've got an immediate argument that 
you need some kind of better way of communicating this backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, so that was 1996 uh-huh. um, and a problem defined, right? Absolutely. Um, and I suppose all these years later, it's just a manifestation of, of that kind of need. Yeah. But in a slightly powerful. different market. Yeah, that's incredible. Well done. And that kitchen actually ended up in our garage. So <laughs> it was a reminder every day when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Nice, tangible um, um, reminder. That's awesome. Uh, and so when you f- first started Constructive then, what did it look like then? What was um, the f- sort of first feature or MVP of it? Uh, so the first stuff was was the simple stuff, the customer portal side. Okay. So how to get get information out to the client as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, and that, that was it. And then uh, during the, the last boom cycle, 2012, it was around kind of what can the client do for the builder to mm-hmm. move this process along quicker. Mm-hmm. And that's really where choices or selections came about. And yeah, really that right. got it. It's, it's a big an push. obvious fit the step before. Yeah. Okay. And working with a couple of key clients kind of going, right, what's what's will make the biggest difference to your business? Yep. How can we get it in there? Yep. Well, that's pretty critical. So that very first sort of iteration, how did you find someone that was willing to buy that and trust their big construction yeah. you know, projects to... To do that. A little bit of software. Uh, yeah. And this is always its contacts, right? So yeah. um, I previously worked at a software vendor to house builders. Okay. Uh, had lots of contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went out and started on my own, uh, I knew there was a problem already. I'd already had people attacking me around that problem. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was it was a logical thing. It didn't start straight away. Like yep. I did that kind of consulting thing, trying to get some money together to, to be able to fund it. Nice work. Um, so, yeah, a couple of years and then, then got it going. Yeah, I mean, it's always this sort of, um, from the outside, it seems like an overnight success, you know, and it's yeah, been, no. yeah, 10 never years is. in the making. But, I, you know, the way that you've gone about it, um, you know, is is really textbook in that you already had, had that need identified. You already were close to the customer. You already knew how they thought and made decisions. Yeah, And, and they were almost hitting you up for it, right? Yeah, yeah, to an element. I mean, there's there's bits where you develop out where it's speculative, but mm. quite a lot of that is pre-validated. You're having those conversations and 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 you're working with the client to design it, and that 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 takes a lot of the risk away, right? It's not that blue sky kind of software out of nowhere, hoping there's a client base for it. What would you say to other early stage founders who do have an idea and a problem that they really want to solve? How would you? Get you know, yeah. advise them to go about getting their first customers? Ah, um, so use the contacts that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you know about the industry, so you've been around that industry before. Mm-hmm. Um, and just ask them for some time. It's amazing. People will give you time, especially if it's in their interest and trying to align your interest with theirs. Yep, yep, um, yep. So they do well, you do well, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to identify how they will do well yep. and really get that. So you're not trying to go in there and sell them straight away, you're almost asking them for help as opposed to, yeah. you know, hey, I've got this thing that I'm working on, can I, can you, can, will you buy it? You're trying to solve a problem for them. You're right. Right? Um, and that, certainly that's the approach I took. It's kind of what are your problems, how can we solve it, um, and and look at it from that point of view, and yep. then the product comes out the back of that. Yep. Um, but definitely try and solve that problem and try and identify who, yeah, uh, develop the problem with the person rather than come up with a problem and then find a person that has it. Yeah, try and m- make that yeah. round peg fit in the square hole. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. And you see that so much in, te- in technology in particular. Yeah, I mean, some, some things do start like that and are massive, right? So sometimes it does work. It's just a lot less likely to work. Sure. 
yeah. um, because it's you're more lucky if you do. Yep. If you manage to validate it from the first word you're doing, that's that's a winner. So then over the years, you know, you sort of built those contacts up, you built, you know, the, the product developed. Mm. What were the next steps to, to sort of reaching a wider audience or to, to growing your customer base? Uh, Getting, getting the courage to take what you've produced and sell it to people. I'm not a natural <laughs> salesperson. Um, so we, we did this thing, got it running at two key clients. Um, and then, yeah, plucking up the courage to then go and go, right, all these people I've known and know me mm-hmm. by various different ways, I've got to leverage that somehow yeah. and get in front of them and go, you should be using this. How does it feel that first time you sort of step oh. in the room with someone you you only arm's length know and you're trying to... Yeah, yeah, persuade them. Yeah, oh, well, you're with your baby, yeah. Yeah, um, well, it's 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 that fear of if, is the baby good enough, right? Um, and that that's the thing I had to overcome. Um, and I had to really believe the product was going to solve a problem for them. Right. Right. And as soon as I really got in my head that they might not understand that this is going to solve a problem for them, mm-hmm. but it really will because yeah. I've seen people use it and, and, and love it. I just need to get them to realize they've got this problem and this is, this is the way to solve it. Well, as you say, it's not sales. It's helping yeah. people solve a problem. Well, yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. And, and as soon as I got that mindset, then mm-hmm. I was able to go out there and, and I wouldn't be so fearful, mm. and, and it's getting that point. Yeah, that it's just a it's just a mindset switch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being and yeah, believing in your product. I mean, most most founders and, and people do. It's just taking that into a sales meeting. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is it, is yeah. It? and if you're not a natural salesperson, it's, it can be pretty yeah. daunting for sure. Okay, so um, sales process and getting that down pat. Then what? How do you sort of go I'm to not, the next? Not step? sure. I've got the sales process down pat, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, uh, uh, the next process is probably where we are now, which is just trying to build the engine mm-hmm. that, that keeps humming and, and, and that we we continue, even as we grow, to mm-hmm. service all these people in a, in a, in a quality way yep. um, and, and make sure we can service everybody that wants it. Yep. Um, Engine's an interesting word to use because it is a process. It's not just yeah. a one-off thing that you do, right? It's an ongoing yeah. well, system. Um, by that, I mean the engine of getting people on board and getting them going. Yep. Um, and the process engine, same kind of terminology. Yep. Um, but making sure that that's, that, that runs, that works. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a, a tricky thing to do when you're inside the business doing some of those little cogs and things Definitely. yourself. Definitely. Um, yep. To actually abstract away and kind of go, well, how can those things be done? Work on the business instead of yeah, 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 and that's yeah. An and so you've been growing a team around you to yeah. to do that. What's that been like? Sort of letting go of you know delegating some of those cogs and little yeah. things. Um, nerve wracking, mm. um, but I suppose you're lucky that you you find people that share some of the passion and and are interested in building that out, and you work with them as a team to do it. Yeah, it took us a long time to really start growing quickly was um, that um probably because it took a, a while for it to really kick off yeah. like it was a slow kind of thing yeah um where we got to like 12 15 clients and then we kind of went right okay we've got got enough revenue we can fund this okay um and, so sort of like building on the yeah yeah i mean we've always operated cash flow positive in terms of it's got to pay for itself so you've bootstrapped this yeah from yeah day one so it's always really been impressive get to that point and then go right. Okay, we've got enough. We can, we can do this and yeah. then build it out. Yeah. Um, so, do you think if you had have taken investment early on or sought it out, it, you would have grown faster? 
Um, yeah, I think you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know whether the outcome would be the same, yeah. whether you'd have the same passion. Um, yeah. I've often thought about that. Um, it feels fairly quick. It, it feels as if it's grown quickly, although it's taken like four and a half years. Um, That's pretty quick, man. It's pretty impressive to get to, you know, potentially a third of the market in that amount of time. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, then, um, yeah, any more than that? Would it have been breakneck? Would it have been too yeah. painful? I don't know. Yeah. So um, in terms of so the growth aspect of mm. this, yep. you get to the point where you've worked with a good proportion of the market. There's word of mouth happening. It's a great product. People talk. They mm. see it around. Um, how do you then package that up and and market that to a, a broader audience to sort of really step things up? What are the sort of things that you've been doing over the past, say, 12 months to yeah. to kick that up? Well, um, uh, working with professionals, obviously. Uh, um, the To kick that up, it's going past your, your existing network. So mm-hmm. I've relied on my network to, to before Christmas, really. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's going outside of that and, and kind of really actually doing marketing and actually uh, putting the word out um, on on media and, yep. and those kind of things. So you're getting cold leads in that don't know you already. Yeah, which is different than sure. than leads where you know the person, they trust you as a professional. Yes, and then you're getting them to to onboard with the actual software. Yeah, um, that, it's quite different having a cold lead coming in. Yeah, because you've got to earn that trust from yeah. from zero. Basically. Yeah, you don't have that trust. You've yes. got to you've got to go in there cold yeah um so yeah I, I suppose getting out and doing the cold sales mm-hmm. um and that's really the main difference yeah um when when you're trying to get that that yep. saturation yep and so when you say getting the word out what are the sort of things that you're finding working ah uh, uh, adwords kind yep. of um linkedin um kind of getting out in front of people in the, in that industry it's quite a specific market uh, client set it is yep. um so really being targeted and trying to get them in there if they're interested, doing that that remarketing stuff and, yep. and hammering the poor buggers with those adverts. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, getting it out there. Yeah, I mean, like just you know um, the things that that I've seen at least um, that has been working really well for you guys is the fact that people are searching for a solution to this, or if or if it's not a specific solution, they're like they're researching in the area at least. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's why the AdWord stuff does seem to be pretty effective. And then they're not probably going to convert straight away necessarily, but when you're repeating a message on an ongoing sort of basis to them and selling them the benefits over time, then it gets to the point where it's like, ah, this is actually something I need to sort of get involved in and, and dig a bit deeper. One thing I would say on that is like being the first product to do that function, mm-hmm. like there's nothing else that does exactly what we do. Um, people don't know it's out there. Right. Uh, and that's that's kind of the, the education piece. What is this? How yeah. will it help our business? And and as you said, just constantly putting it in front of them so it just piques their interest. Yeah. And trying to build that understanding yeah. is really valuable. Yeah. A lot of people sometimes get a little bit concerned that they're repeating that message too many times or going too hard. Yeah. Um, and when they start getting feedback from customers that, oh, oh I'm seeing you everywhere, or like, oh, are you doing, you know, you're probably doing a little bit too much. That's probably the point that you know that you're just doing enough and that you're just <laughs> starting to cut through. Yeah. Especially with people you. who, yeah, especially with people who, as you say, don't even know that the, that the solution exists to their problem yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it is important to have that repetition because the, the one time probably isn't going to cut it. Yeah, they need to need to have time to kind of, 
think about what it is yep. and develop it in their own head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's that's been really valuable, uh, certainly over the last uh, seven months working with you guys, pull, pulling that out and kind of the amount of cold leads coming in mm-hmm. is a different game compared to where we were before. Yeah, cool. But, I mean, they're not all going to convert the same way that warm leads are, obviously. No, no. Um, but what you do get is you start getting that feedback loop around what is the messaging or what's the sort of value that you need to show those people when you get better over time. Mm. Um, and, you know, what I hope for you guys you'll see is you'll get this really nice playbook, which you can then just copy and paste and take that to the U.S., or take yeah. that to the UK because you know it's worked so well here, um, or you know in the first market that you started in. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's what the best the, the best startups can, are able to do is that playbook, which can be copied and pasted in different markets. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. And that's that bit of kind of looking outside of the business in and trying to build the engine. Mm. Uh, that's what I refer to both from a marketing, sales, yeah, and also the op- operation side. Yeah. Something that really cool that you've been working on recently is a almost like an embed feature that the client can have on their site. So it's like a third-party plugin or something. Ah, yeah, from a marketing point of view. Yeah, for their marketing, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. their marketing. Um, so that's kind of leveraging the technology we have, the mm-hmm. massive item library, material library we built, and then pushing that out and, and reusing it, trying to leverage what we've done and, and get more use out of that. Yeah. So that's for the the house builder to kind of allow the client to engage with their, their house types and models and play yeah, um, and really kind of give that to the builder to then give to their clients, even if they're or prospective clients. So it's like this awesome, almost interactive 3D brochure on the builder's site that they can actually start experiencing what it would be like to yeah. work with them before. Yeah, before they even get there. Yeah. Um, and strangely enough, on a pivot side, mm. um, we then get builders going, actually, we really like that, but just in the showroom. Like really? the, the builders have spent like, I don't know, mega millions on building showrooms and they want to leverage that as much as possible. Okay. So that's when talking to the client, getting their feedback and actually going, well, that would be brilliant, but actually using it over here, that'd be awesome. So too. what does that look like? Having like a big interactive screen or something? Yeah, in so, the- and, and allowing the client to kind of register, go through, make selections, even then they're not building a house with them. Right. So it's a, like a lead capture tool. Yeah. So, just talking to the client. So in their physical showroom, they can go in, grab an iPad or something and go around and start filling out their constructive selections. Yeah, what is their future house going to look like when they choose a builder? Hopefully they choose this builder. Yeah, that's Um, way better than a glossy brochure. (laughs) Well, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. And more interactive. Um, But that's that's another story of just talking to the client as much as you can, talking to those people and kind of figuring out what they really need and adapting what you've got. Is that a temptation getting pulled in different Too many directions? Ways. Yeah. yeah is very that much a, so. Yeah. How, um, do you, how do you balance that? So uh, what, we've, what we've attempted to do, and I'm not sure anyone balances it well because you always have clients pull you this way and mm-hmm. that, um, is to stick to the mantra of it's the client's experience that we care about. Right. right? The so end user's experience. The end user's experience. If yes. it's going to make their life better, going to enhance how they feel about building a house that's our bag right right so everything through that lens through that lens nice Um, that's a good way to do it and yeah and hopefully that keeps us from trying to build everything that the builder wants yep um and enable us to to stay good at what we do yeah it's good Um, uh, someone told me once if you try to be too many yeah you don't get any yeah absolutely yeah yeah you need to be good at what you do for sure stick at what you do yeah that sounds really sensible mate exciting yeah um has been 
what is there anything you would have done differently over the past four and a half years? Um, uh, well, the open question is is investment. I've kind of would have mm. grown quicker. Mm. Um, I sh- should have been more proud of the, the the product and got it out quicker, and that's always a thing. And probably got to the point where I was employing people quicker. Okay. Um, yeah. You're always, or certainly, I'm always quite cautious about each of those steps. And you look back and you go, why didn't I do that yesterday or the month you before? You could always say that. But yeah. this whole process is, is about learning. Yes. And yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you had all the answers from day one. That'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? We'd all be billionaires. Because <laughs> you could make all the right decisions straight away. Yeah. So it's all about figuring it out as you go, obviously. Yeah. So, no, that's fair enough. Um one thing that we always do at Weird Growth is um, we ask for, you know, whether you've got a gadget or a tool or something which just makes your life better that you want to share with everybody. All right. Um, uh, so quite old school. Yeah. Um, I've got a pad of paper in the morning. I write my list of tasks that I've got to do. Really? I number each one of them. Yep. And I have the intense satisfaction of crossing each one off as I get it done. A little dopamine hit each yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, and that, um, out of all the tools and all the rest of it, that's the one thing that stayed with me for the, the seven or so years I've been out on my own doing doing my own thing. Good old to-do list, hey? Yeah. Yep. That ex- extrinsic uh, motivation. Someone else is telling me what to do, the piece yeah. of paper. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, we use Asana internally mm. and, uh, you know, same thing. They've got the tick boxes and your to-do list and you have it as a team and everything. And when you tick the box, like a unicorn of rainbows flies across the screen. Yeah. But it's just not the same as having that physical just cross off. I do exactly the same, Matt. Yeah, I, yeah. I have my little black book and I put my to-do list down and I cross yeah. it off. And It's probably not a revolutionary kind of thing, but it's... Uh, but, it's mate, it works. Six. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing about that is there's a really great book um, about... It's called Getting Things Done. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they talk about so much stress and anxiety comes from the uncertainty of not knowing whether or not you've missed something or, you know having that sort of um, information bouncing around your head which hasn't been externalised yet. Yep. Uh, and so just the, the process of writing something down physically and then crossing it off physically really does, I don't know, it just keys in with our natural brain yep. rhythms. That was How what we want to do as humans, yeah. yeah. But don't worry if you don't get it all done. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be there for tomorrow. Yeah. So you can sleep in the knowledge that that list is still there for you in the morning. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, the no. fairies aren't going to come and do it for you. <laughs> That's Other a shame. That. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Jack, how are we going for time, mate? Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, just a question. I've got a question for Constructive from Rob. Oh, we have got a question got for one, Constructive one, one from, question from, from Dear Correspondent. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So Rob, Rob's asked, um, what's the strangest way you found a lead or a lead has come to you? So what's the strangest way you found a lead or a lead has come to you, James? Uh, strangest way. Uh Bonafide lead or um, just an inquiry? Any inquiry, anything, yeah. Um, so we're, we're B2B, so it's uh, generally we're getting these big enterprises. Um, and uh, we uh, occasionally get the odd kind of, I'm building a house, uh, I want to do selections, can you can you do this? It's like a home builder. Yeah, home builder. <laughs> okay. So uh, they, they all have the same problem, right? Yeah. But, um, Home builder, I want, I want this set up. Uh, I want it just for my job and, and put it through, and that's always a, 
a very sad story because we say no we can't do that talk to you talk to a builder and they're not probably old kev who's just going to be laying bricks on the weekend yeah over the next 10 years and he wants to see what his house is going to look like (laughs) tell him to go to sketch up or something yeah yeah Yeah. not everyone knows how to do it but um, yeah uh, that's funny in or yeah Uh, most of the time the kind of the intriguing leads are all kind of friend of friend of friend someone i used to work with somewhere else mm. um and that that's kind of that word of mouth thing that's always the interesting ones yep um yeah but no no truly bizarre ones unfortunately well with that james thank you so much for sharing the story of constructive software very excited for the future thank to see you what holds um what that holds for you and um thank you so much for your time really appreciate oh, it thank you for having me on there well, that's it for Weird Growth for another episode. Um, if you are keen to listen to more, make sure you don't uh, miss out on any more episodes. Please do subscribe to Apple Podcasts or check us out on YouTube. Um, but with that, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.